I was at an event, um, you know, with a bunch of people, and a young lady stood up, and she was like, I own my brand, and I even filed the trademark myself, and I got the trademark, and she said her brand name, and me being the trademark attorney I am, I went straight to the USPTO, and I looked it up. Now, remember, Justin, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day when I was growing up, we had a clothesline. Mm-hmm. on the back of our porch where we used yeah. to hang our clothes, hang clothes to dry, yeah. right? And so she was talking about her brand, her apparel brand and things like that. Well, actually, as I'm, and I never got to connect with her and I wanted to connect with her, but she actually filed her trademark to protect that clothesline thinking she was filing the trademark to protect her clothing line. So this is why it's pitfalls when people try to do it themselves. Because so right now she's walking around thinking her brand is protected for her apparel when it's protected for the clothesline that we actually used to hang on our back porch. And now if somebody else come in and file either her name or something similar to it, the government may grant them that because it's in a totally different class. Got it. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah. play. Let's do you go. know what it's like? To come for nothing at all But every day you just wanting it all Do you know what it's like? Every day facing your fear But believing that your blessing is near Do you know what it's like? Growing up broken than most But still being devoted to most Do you know what it's like? Yeah, that's what the journey's about Yeah, show you What's up everybody? This is Justin Owens back at the Run The Play Show Where I help break down the top plays of success From top leaders, entrepreneurs, and personalities By sharing gems from their personal playbook Hey listen I'm I'm excited today. One, cause cause I'm a client. You know what I'm saying. I've seen it, it work, and I think it's a great conversation for any business owner. I feel like it was one I wish I had earlier, uh, but she's known as the biz lawyer, trademark attorney, ranked number fifteen out of thirty three thousand trademark attorneys in the U S. You know what I'm saying. We ain't bragging, but we just saying. You understand? Um, but we got Miss Rosina Pierce in the building. How you doing, Hi. girl? Thank you. Welcome to the locker room. Me. Welcome to the Runner Play Show. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. Yeah. Having me in the locker room. Yeah, today. absolutely. All right, so th- this is probably a, it might be a dumb question, but mm-hmm. so to be a trademark attorney, mm-hmm. you do have to actually be an attorney, right? You do. Okay, you so do. you, you have to law go to school, law school, uh-huh. pass the bar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, see, I didn't know that. I, you know, you know, it's tricky in today's world, as y'all know, on social media, people just put titles behind everything. Oh, so no. I just got to, <laughs> I got that. to, I got to ask. Uh, yeah, you, you go know. to jail for just saying you're attorney. Yeah, that's true. This is like true. real life jail. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And you can also go to jail for engaging in unauthorized practice of law in different states. And what I love about what I do is federal law, so I get to represent people all across the country and the world. But like, remember, like back in the '60s when the NAACP. Yeah. movement came about they made the laws even stricter and harder because they didn't want like the NAACP coming to South Carolina or oh. Georgia you to defend like black people and things like that so that oh. that unauthorized practice of law in different states is even more crazy so wow. yeah okay so let, let's uh let's jump into trademark because I do I got I got some own questions you know what I'm saying some of y'all might be thinking some stuff but all right so here's the part that's always been tricky for me because mm-hmm. After filing a few trademarks myself, mm-hmm. and I can have a completely wrong understanding of this, but it's like you have to show fair use of it, right? Like I got to be using it, uh-huh. but I'm also trying to put it, the trademark together before I start using it so nobody takes it. Like how do you, yeah. what have you found to be like a, a fix for that? So that's a good question because um, in the late 80s, the government, because first you had to always show usage, right? You mm-hmm. had to be using it first. But then when we begun to come into like the digital age and people expanded to global businesses and things like that, the government said, okay, instead of showing usage, you can show an intent to use, but you have to have a bona fide intent to use. So now we can file applications. When we file them, we either file a use application or intent to use. Mm -hmm. And I always advise my clients, before you begin to invest in a brand, build a brand, to Mm -hmm. launch the brand, you want to make sure it's protected first. And one thing we do is we do the research first. So let us do the research before you even adopt the name and then let's file the application as an intent to use application. So therefore we have some stake in our claim for the name Mm -hmm. and then therefore move forward investing and launching a brand. Okay. So tell me the purpose and the power of having a trademark. Mm -hmm. Or this is a two-part question, right? Because mm-hmm. I have a trademark and a copyright. Could you yeah. tell me the difference between the two and then the power of each? Uh, yes. So a copyright is a creative expression fixed into a tangible medium, right? And so what that means is, is that 
It can be a poem. It could be a song. It can be a phot- um, an actual um, painting. It could be a photograph, mm. right? It can also be your logo as okay. well because that's a creative expression fixed into a tangible medium. Now, when you take a name, a logo, or a slogan, or even a sound and affix it to a product or service and place it in the marketplace so people can buy from those things, now you have a trademark. So that's the difference. Got it. Okay. Yep. Got it. I like that. What are some mistakes you see that people make when getting trademarks or hiring attorneys that may not understand mm. the entire trademark Process. space. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell people, my daddy say, you don't go to a foot doctor for brain surgery, mm-hmm. right? You want to go to experts so that you understand. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I filed the trademark application. I got the registration. I'm good. But mm-hmm. no, that's not necessarily the case. It's about having a registration so that you can actually enforce your rights. And mm-hmm. us as trademark attorneys, we know, you know, there are 45 different classes under trademark law. That's why you have Dove Chocolate, Dove Soap, Mac Makeup, Mac Computer, Delta Airline, Delta Faucet, Pandora Jewelry, Pandora Music. They are all independent companies owned by two separate owners, right? But if you are a business owner and say, for instance, you're running, um, you own Run to Play as a brand, right? Yep. And you actually teach people and you educate people mm-hmm. about how to run a place as an entrepreneur, right? That will fall under educational services. But then if you also want to launch an apparel brand, mm-hmm. that's a different class that it falls under. And what I have seen as pitfalls is sometimes people will file the application in one class and think now they own it across mm-hmm. the board and they really do not. And then somebody else will come along and file in that different class. And so now they got to either pay more money to defend those rights and say that they own it or they lose out on it because they couldn't show usage right wow. and they they missed that mark so to defend a trademark mm-hmm. what would a person need so you just have to actually show that you are using a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, showing that you are using it. And then also, too, your registration, right? It helps to have a registration because that's where you're going to get the most damages, right? Under the law, under the statute, if you have a registration, once um, someone is infringing on your brand, it used to be they you had to show they had intention to infringe. Now that's not even the case anymore at their recent Supreme Court case that now you can get three times the amount that they receive profit from that brand. So it's very important that you own the registration because you get certain benefits that you do not get mm. if you did not have the registration. So we're going to have to talk, though, because Amazon, some of y'all got some of these stores out here, and they got, you know, the, the new ACOs, mm-hmm. rapper, athlete, entrepreneur. Yeah. So we might have to start sending Absolutely. Some of these and I was just talking to someone about how, like, we have new AI technology. And a lot of people, you know, they shine away from AI. But I believe AI is a tool that we use as humans. It's not there to replace humans. And this AI technology where we would have sit and comb through different websites as lawyers, right, spending hours and hours looking for infringement web. Um, web pages and even stores, even like on Amazon, this AI technology can come through even sites like Amazon and Etsy and find individual users who are selling these things and actually get them shut down. We actually had a client who has an apparel brand and she got over 4,000 un- um, you know, infringers shut down through Amazon because mm-hmm. it's they pop up like whack-a-mole. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. They do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Really quick, I just want to say, too, Amazon has put place where if you have a trademark registration, they will give you something called brand registry. It's kind of like your blue check mark on Instagram to show that you are the verified store. You are the verified. You are the originator. Because sometimes people shop with these people and not even knowing that they're buying the knockoff and a counterfeit product. Yeah, got it. Okay. What can be trademarked and what can't be trademarked? That's a great question. So, again, you can trademark your name, mm-hmm. your logo, your slogan, and also a sound. So, even like You Got Mail, that's a trademark. Mm-hmm. It's about 60 sound trademarks registered with the U.S. Now, when I say your name, I'm talking about your name as long as you're using it in connection with products or service in the marketplace. So, mm-hmm. like Martha Stewart, Beyonce, Jay-Z own their trademark to their name. I own the biz lawyer, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then you can also trademark, like, your business name, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nike owns Nike, of course. Um, you know, this slogan, Run the Play. Yep. You can also trademark that as well. Which we already did, by the way. 
already did. Just we already know. did. Yeah, so don't, you know, don't try don't, us. Don't play. I've seen a couple of <laughs> y'all do that too. So okay. I let y'all say it, but when y'all start trying to make money from it, yeah, you gotta send some letters. And I and I was like, oh my god, I hear it so much, and this it drives me crazy because I'm the brand trademark attorney for it, and I'm like, okay, just don't be trying to attach no payments to, to it, it yeah. and the products to it because mm-hmm. that is really a protective brand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's why you got good people in your corner, guys. It's really, <laughs> yeah. it's really important. And I, and I promise y'all, this is stuff I really wish I knew yeah. early on because you kind of start building a business kind of scared like, yo, somebody take my idea and this yeah, and that. Yeah. And it's like, you really just got to do your homework and have some people that do it right because um, I've paid probably two people before and they just didn't do it right. Yeah. And some of them actually are scams, by the way. They just literally take your money. Yeah. So you got to watch out for that, too. Yeah. Now, is, is it possible for somebody to do their own trademark? It is possible for okay. people to do their own trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could file it with the USPTO for $250, but here's the thing, right? The value is in a relationship with an attorney because, mm-hmm. you know, just like I could do my hair, but it ain't going to come out looking like my hairstylist right. did my yeah. hair, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like I've been practicing this law for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I studied in law school and in undergrad, so I just bring a set of expertise to the yep. scenario that you're not going to know at doing it yourself for instance, LeBron James filed a trademark um, for a brand. Well, that one, but that one, um, you know, they they rejected, which he should have hired me because I had a good argument for that case. Mm -hmm. But um, he hired, he filed it for more than an athlete. And so more than an athlete was already registered by a nonprofit agency who filed their own trademark, right? But remember I just told you earlier, there's 45 different classes under trademark law, right? Mm-hmm. So the where it was registered at, LeBron didn't file his trademark in that class. He filed his trademarks in all the other classes. So the person who did the trademark themselves, right, they actually are trying to sue him. They filed a lawsuit for $33 million. But now the question becomes, does your registration really support your $33 million claim? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? They did it themselves, right? So you can get the registration, but is it effective enough when it comes time to enforce your rights? And I'm going to say this one really quick as well. I was at an event, um, you know, with a bunch of people and a young lady stood up and she was like, I own my brand and I even filed the trademark myself and I got the trademark and she said her brand name and me being the trademark attorney I am, I went straight to the USPCO and I looked it up. Now, remember, Justin, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day when I was growing up, we had a clothesline. On the back of our porch where we used to hang our clothes clothes, to dry, right? And so she was talking about her brand, her apparel brand and things like that. Well, actually, as I'm, and I never got to connect with her and I wanted to connect with her, but she actually filed her trademark to protect that clothesline, thinking she was filing the trademark to protect her clothing line. So this is why it's pitfalls when people try to do it themselves. Because so right now she's walking around thinking her brand is protected for her apparel when it's protected for the clothesline that we actually used to hang on our back porch. And now if somebody else come in and file either her name or something similar to it, the government may grant them that because it's in a totally different class. Got it. Now, obviously, you know, if people want to run a play show, they should come to you for a trademark. But let's just assume that they don't. Mm-hmm. What questions... Um, well, we're not going to assume that they don't. We're going to assume that y'all will. Right. But if y'all happen to go somewhere else, what kind of questions should a person be asking like a trademark attorney? Um, I mean, first thing you want to know is if a search is going to be done, right? Mm-hmm. Are they, what type of search are they doing? Because, you know, I always ask people, will you build a house on land you don't own? Everybody always say no. So mm-hmm. then I say, why do we build brands if we don't own them? Mm-hmm. But one thing we do before we buy the house, we do title searches, right? We make sure there's no liens on the properties and things like mm-hmm. that. You have to search your brand. So you want to ask them, are they searching a brand? You want to ask them, how many classes is included in the service? If not, how how much is it for the additional cost for the the additional class? Got it. Okay. Now, all right. I always wondered this. Well, yeah, I'm just asking. This. Mm-hmm. I buy. I have the trademark, right? Mm-hmm. But now, how does that play into like domains? That's a great question because here's the thing: domains are tricky. And one thing, if you're gonna search a domain name, first of all, be sure you want it mm-hmm. because I always say. 
Once you search it, I believe we call them cyber squatters. They have some type of tracking device to see what people are searching. So you might search a domain name and see it listed for $75, $50, and then you come back a week later and ask for being sold for $15,000 because they've seen you search the name, right? Yeah. So just be clear that you actually want the name and mm -hmm. buy it right away. Now, the tricky thing is sometimes a, a cyber squatter is not even in the U.S., they might be in China, they might be in Russia, they might be in mm -hmm. India, they might. So it's hard to tap to them. Now there is a tribunal we can go through, it's called ICANN, it's an international tribunal to try to fight for that domain name back. Mm -hmm. But it's complicated when you're dealing with international um, laws and w borders and things like that. But what I will say is, before you even go buy a domain name, because I have had this happen to some people that come to me on, on the back end, mm -hmm. they have bought a domain name for $25,000, mm -hmm. published the website on the domain name, get a cease and desist letter from the trademark owner, only to tell them they have to shut that website down and hand over the domain name to them. Now, under the law, if you're in the U.S. and they're in the U.S. and they own a U.S. trademark, they have the right to take you to court and a what do you think the court is going to do? You're the trademark owner. They're going to order that you turn over that domain name to them mm. by court order. And you just spent $25,000 on it, right? right? And so it's very important that you clear it first. Again, clearing the rights, making sure nobody owns it first. Mm. So a lot of people jump out and spend a lot of money on domain names before even getting the trademark first and making sure nobody even owns the trademark. Got it. Okay. So I asked the attorney, are they doing a search? Anything else? Um, I told you about the different classes, different classes. Asked about the different classes and things like that. And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, yeah. I mean, I give world-class services. That's how we were able to rank number 15. And my firm is ranked number 37 out of over 28,000 trademark law firms in this country. Like, I could just tell you, like, what type of experience you'll get at our law firm, mm. basically. Okay. So we do research. We send an opinion letter so you have it in writing. We do a one-on-one -on -one call with you, um, like a um, counsel and advise you uh -huh. based on the brand, letting you know what other additional classes you may need and things like that. Mm -hmm. Then we file your application. We become your attorney of record, and then we're docketing every month, watching your trademark for you, watching the application and things like that. And then you can even purchase watch services from us where we'll watch and see if anybody else is filing anything confusingly similar to yours so that we can oppose their trademark if possible. Yeah, yeah. what you did with, you know, run the play. Yeah. You called me and was like, yo, somebody. Yeah. You do that. I said, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, do we got to do that, I guess. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're the expert. All right, now, it's probably going to be a dumb question too, but do trademarks expire? Do you have to like renew them every that is almost like a domain? That's a great question, not a dumb question okay. at all, because trademarks will actually last as long as you use them, you will not lose them. So Coca Cola was registered in 1893, Mercedes was registered in 1903. As long as you use them, you will not lose them. So what does that tell you? You're a father, right? Mm -hmm. Trademarks are legacy builders. You can pass them down to your kids, and your kids' mm. kid can eat So you can off. put it, like, in the will and stuff like that. You could put it in a will or trust. Or, okay, so, like, for instance, I'm going to give you two scenarios. Bob Marley family, his estate owns his trademark, right? Got it. So his, his kids, they manage his trademark, and they, you know, enforce their rights and things like that. But now, if you... As the CEO of your company, you decide to go into a corporation and then you become a public corporation mm -hmm. like Gucci, for example, yeah. right? Um, Gucci, the corporation, owns the trademark. So then in the case where Gucci grandson tried to use the trademark, the corporation was able to stop him from using it because, again, Gucci is the brand that it is, right? Yeah. They don't want somebody else having the right to put products out, and then what if it's not the same quality of products, mm -hmm. right, or the same stature of products, so they can stop that. So it's really up to you the CEO, the business owner, when you do your estate planning and succession planning, how you plan to leave those rights and how your kids can eat off it. Now, I bet you that Gucci grandson, he probably eating off the royalties from the company mm -hmm. and probably some payments like that, but he doesn't have the free will to use the trademark how he wants it. Got it. Okay. And now, you said that trademarks were, you could do it for yourself for 250 
what should a person be thinking to spend if they go yeah. with an attorney? So we charge, our prices start about $1,500 mm-hmm. for someone who wants to do a trademark. Again, we're doing the research. We're um, we're issuing you an opinion letter, so it's going to be in writing. You're going to have a one-on-one call with the attorney at our office, right? You're going to have an onboarding call even before all that takes place. Yeah. And then we're monitoring that application right now. It used to take seven to nine months for a trademark the process if nothing went wrong before COVID. Now it's about 12 to 18 months so you have an attorney on your thing and most people be like well it's only $250 why am I paying you $1,500 because it's just like when you go into a restaurant you're not paying for the cost of the food yeah. you're paying for how much it took the chef to actually prepare the food yeah. prep the food cook the food and serve it to you got it okay yeah. alright social media world right mm-hmm. uh, you said you could trademark sounds so alright I make a sound that goes viral on mm-hmm. TikTok can I now Trademark and then come back and tell everybody, hey, yo, anybody that made money from this, y'all owe me money? Well, no, because what services or products are you connecting with the sound? Mm. So, like AOL, where you got mail, that was an email services where people can sign up for email. So it was like, that's all state stand, like that. That's a. Right. Then you said that's all state stand. You know the guy that. Oh uh, yes. That. Is that like a like so like I, slogans almost? Slogans are trademarks as well, but the actual sound you hear it like you got mail. Like oh, how that, it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so What's no. another sound? Like um, so another sound that's trademark is Homer Simpson when he says dope. Oh, that's that's trademark. <laughs> yes. So it's connected to the entertainment class because mm. it's in the actual. So if somebody tried to use that in their entertainment services, that would be another one. I'm not sure, but Law and Order. Remember how like when it come on dun, 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 and it, yeah. that sound. Yes. So they could do that. Actually, Pitbull has just recently made history as one of the first pop artists to trademark his sound. I'm not going to say the sound because I don't sound stupid. Yeah. But um, as a singer, he made his. So, like, Lil Wayne could probably do that. <clears throat> he could probably do that. Yes. And it's, I think. It's noticeable. And Cardi B, remember when she tried to do the okay thing? Yeah. Okay. Her, um, yeah. her attorney filed it as a word mark, but I think it would have been stronger if she would have did it as her sound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. And, and they cost the same amount. They do. Um, like I said, the USPT only have about 60 registered sound trademarks. So it's a, a different kind of process, but it happens. Got yeah. it. Okay. Got it. And you all can process those too. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Good you do. All right. So You thinking of a sound right now? No, no. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you know, we got a little run and play show. And y'all come on. We got a little music. Yeah. And y'all, know, y'all know what I'm talking about, but we'll come back to that later, you know. All right. So you, we were talking about LeBron James with Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't go well for him, right? It, it failed, basically, because somebody else had it. And now he's trying to do, like, the Taco Bell thing to try to get it taken away. Yeah. I, what are the odds of that, actually? So, okay, so my issue with the thing, because, okay, not because I'm a LeBron fan, do I have bias, but just looking mm-hmm. at it from a simple side of trademark law, right? LeBron filed for for his podcasting services, his entertainment services, mm-hmm. right? And if Dove Chocolate, Dove Soap, Mac Makeup, Mac Computers, Delta Airline, Delta Faucet can coexist, right? I think Taco Tuesday. But they didn't refuse it because of the actual Taco Tuesday that was res- um, registered for the restaurant services, which had been registered since eight, um, 1989. They refused it because they said it failed to function as a trademark. So that's a different um, legal reasoning, right? Mm. And so usually when the government issues that type of legal reasoning, they're saying everybody uses that saying. But yeah. who is really saying Taco Tuesday as it relates to entertainment service yeah. in the podcast world? And actually, we had got some um, failure to function as trademark um, oppositions before from the government, and we overcame them all because mm. it's just about proven that it does not fail to function and when people when our client is saying it people identify them as the source identifier and i think that's what lebron um attorney should have done but i'm not sure maybe he just didn't want to pursue it anymore maybe he just let yeah. it go but i feel but like he, he i saw like some commercials right Philly, yeah, you saw commercials yeah, when he was taco like with taco tuesday, tuesday. Yeah, yeah so then taco bell stepped in yeah right because he he had a commercial where he like blinked it out it was like so, so I think it, it was, don't seem like he's trying to let it go because that was well recent. I think because I mean well maybe he needs to just hire me because I got good argument for, for him to get tacos right if, if, y- if y'all see LeBron people man just let him know you know what I'm saying she, she'll probably work something out with, just because it's LeBron just you know because it's LeBron and I want to I want to <laughs> argue that so bad because I really feel like I had great argument for it um but also too um 
I think Taco Bell stuck in as as a marketing tool, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they did was they actually petitioned to have the Taco John's Taco Tuesday canceled, right? Mm. And so it recently just ended in settlement. I was excited because we actually reported it under our um, trademark T, and Taco John actually commented on our post as well. But they they agreed. Because what happens is, as an entrepreneur Mm. um, and a brand owner, a trademark owner, you cannot allow your trademark to become generic. If it becomes generic or overly used, then you lose the rights to the trademark, okay? Mm. So, like, think about it. Every other restaurant now is saying Taco Tuesday because they got a Tuesday special for tacos, right? So Taco John's responsibility was to be aggressive and enforcing those rights against those people. Mm. But now that you're allowing everybody to say it, now it fails to function as a trademark because everybody in your industry is talking about Taco Tuesday. That's why we got to watch Run the Play because, you know, it's a lot of people saying it. But exactly, exactly. Got the trademark. But, you know, the long chain trying to sell nothing with it, we good, right? Exactly. Yeah, y'all start... But, you know that, like, the escalator, mm-hmm. you know those? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a trademark. And they lost their rights because everybody started calling it escalator. Mm-hmm. But it's really what it should have been referred to as moving staircase. Mm-hmm. Escalator was an actual brand name. But mm-hmm. They lost their rights because I never knew it was a moving staircase until I became a trademark attorney wow. and found that out. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Well known fact, you know what I'm saying? You learn something on the show too, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, how would a person go about enforcing a trademark? Is it like I send them a letter, hey, DM them, hey, yo, using my stuff? Like, how does that work? So it's up to you and what you and your attorney decide, right? Because okay. it's nowhere in the law that say we have to notify people of a cease with a cease and desist letter. Like there was this situation where Chanel found that people were selling fake brooches. And I don't know, somebody stole all my Chanel brooches. Mm. I don't know where they at. But they found out somebody was selling fake Chanel brooches. They sent an investigator into their store, brought the brooch, right, had all the evidence they need. They didn't send any cease and desist letter. They filed a um, counterfeit and trademark infringement lawsuit against that boutique owner right in the federal district court in their location, right? Mm. So it's it's really about how you want to approach the situation. And that's why I tell people, it's not worth it to infringe on people brand yeah. and counterfeit other people brand. We can come up with our own things and things like that, but you can first notify people if you want to with a cease and desist letter. If that doesn't work, you, we do have to go to court. Got it, okay. Um, and that, that can take however long a lawsuit takes, right, yeah. basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty expensive. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, yeah. I've had a couple lawsuits. So far, we've been, you know, undefeated, but yeah, um, just in the regular business world. But yeah, it, was, yeah. it was pretty expensive. So you got to make sure you're ready to go down that road. So at that point, I'm doing that because there is compensation attached to it. Or I'm literally trying to get them out of it completely. Which so it depends, right? It depends on your situation. I always say the law is not a one-size-fits-all garment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes business owners just want people to stop infringing on their brand, right? Sometimes people want money, right? Um, there was a case where mixed chicks, they're a small, at the time they were a small hair care brand. They created um, these hair care products, yep. right? And um, they were approached by Sally's Beauty to be one of their distributors for their products. And somehow it was a no. And so then Sally's Beauty went in and they did mixed silk. And then the packaging looked very similar to Mixed Chicks, right? Mm. So Mixed Chicks filed a federal lawsuit against them. And um, because they had a trademark registration Mm -hmm. and they were well within their rights and their claim was for trademark infringement, trade dress infringement, because they made the packaging look really similar, and unfair competition. Now, Sally's only made about $900,000 profit from that project, right? Mm -hmm. But the jury awarded Mixed Chicks, the smaller business owners, an $8 million judgment because they had the trademarks and they were able to show they willfully and in French, intentionally in French on their brand. So if you thinking you probably have a multi-million dollar case, you might want to go to court, right? Yeah. But if you also know that your counterfeiter or your um, infringer and your copycat is, they probably don't have deep pockets like yeah. that, it probably costs you more to take someone to court. Got it. Okay. That's good to know. That is good to know. All right. So let, let's switch gears real quick because I want to come to regular business and then, you mm-hmm. know, we'll talk some more about trademarks too. Um, African-American lady, black lady, you know, uh-huh. in America. How, have you noticed differences? Because I hear sometimes ladies say like there's differences as being a black woman mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with dealing with men? Have you seen that? Do you have any tips for ladies that are trying to like get out there in the business world and be and dominate a space? I mean, for you to be number, you said fifteen. Yeah. You know, like that's not easy. You it's know, because because I would guess that most attorneys are men. I'm not saying all of them are. They are. So so how, how have you been able to navigate that and do you have any tips for ladies? And about 4% are black, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do own my own law firm. Um, and what I would say is, is just be who you are, you mm-hmm. know, um, and walk in that um, unapologetically, right? Yeah. I was able to build my business coming from the west side of Chicago just being who I am, yeah. right? And then everything else will fall in line, but also don't be intimidated. Yeah. You know, I remember Michelle Obama saying, you get to the table with your counterparts and you realize you know more than them. So mm-hmm. stand up, just know know what you know. Like for me, I'm an expert in trademark law. I could talk anybody up and down and around about yeah. trademark law, right? Mm-hmm. So just know your stuff and be confident and live in it and never let anybody like push you push you around or push you down it has been times I have been in a courtroom right and my opposition was a white male counterpart and he thought he could talk to me like a 17 year old girl because I look 17 but no you're gonna respect this degree and you're gonna put some respect on my name because I am here standing before you as your opposition right and so it's just like you got to just command your place and your position in business and you know don't stop you know and I I feel like I have faced a lot of adversity but it only made me stronger like I say you know the haters give me flames to the fire so yeah what um how do you do that though like and maybe you may not this might be a too Mm -hmm. deep question but like okay if I'm not confident or I can be intimidated and I don't know if you were ever there but like what what kicked in or what allowed you to say no man like Mm -hmm. speak up a little bit you know like did how did you ever have that and then did you ever change it? You know what? I will never um, regret coming from where I come from. I come okay. from the west side of Chicago, right? You got to have some tough skin, yeah, some yeah. thick skin, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it started all the way in grammar school for mm-hmm. me, right? Like, you ain't finna play with me. Like, you know, yeah. it's, and it's like, I'm, I'm a very nice, kind person, I believe, mm-hmm. until you try me, right? And it's, yeah. it's going to come out. And it, I feel like if you don't have that confidence, mm-hmm. you you don't have that insecurity, you got to get somewhere with yourself and God. Yeah. I, I'm a believer in God, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe, like, we're created in his image to be great and you got to understand who he is so that you can understand who you are so i just say retract to him get closer with Mm -hmm. him so that you can begin to appreciate who you are and the gift he gave you of life to be here yeah i like it another another question for ladies because i get this a lot especially in business Mm -hmm. is anytime you're in business and then you have men that are trying to hit you up sometimes for business but Mm -hmm. it's not really business yeah yeah. have you been able to navigate that and be like no this is yeah. 100% professional. Yeah, yeah. So don't come there with that. I, you know, I know how I deal with it, but like, how have you been able to deal with that? Because I believe women probably run into it more than men. Yeah. So um, for me right now, I have my team. Yeah. And my team is like my shield, right? Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, what we get a lot, because we're a virtual law firm, mm-hmm. guys would be like, I want to meet you in person mm-hmm. and I want to talk to you. And I'm like, that's not how we do business here. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to only talk to you directly. That's not our business model and maybe we're not the right fit for you right mm-hmm. so I, I kind of turn it around and just give them the order of the business mm-hmm. and reassure them that our business model it works we have over 4700 clients that we represent like it works right yeah. and so when guys are trying to hit on you and things like that you just let them know like you know this is strictly business <laughs> you know we're not here for that but I am going to redirect you because right now I am a CEO but it hasn't always been that way well, I was about to ask you I how did to, you do it at the yeah beginning? in the beginning um I just you know just redirected them to like okay these are the services these <laughs> are the prices yeah. you ready to move forward mm-hmm. or not and and i think once you remain professional and you keep it strictly business they yeah. respect that and they honor it. i really never had a situation where somebody like disrespected and once i was clear about like my my standard yeah on it got it okay um wh- at what point of going through law school did you say trademark is my lane so it actually was undergrad, actually. So I, and when I, I always said I was going to be a lawyer since I was five years old. Wow. And then was it because you like you were argumentative or no? Actually, okay, because like, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. You know, some people they be like, "Y'all good at arguments," and I'm no. like, "Okay, go ahead." Go. So actually, it's funny. Um, because my daddy was a criminal, right? Oh. And so he was a criminal, and um, one time he was in a bullpen. 
and he wasn't happy with his public defender and he liked how this other attorney was moving in court and so then he was like hey you I want to hire you as my lawyer well come to find out him and that lawyer became best friends and he started to work for that lawyer like back in the 70s he was a criminal attorney my dad he from the hood so okay this white guy don't have to come to you know the hood to investigate his murder cases and stuff like that so my dad would actually be his investigator and go talk to witnesses and try to get people to court and so my mom worked for the state of Illinois so at the time like when you have school off but your mama still gotta work mm -hmm. my dad would take me to the law office or he'll yeah. take me to court and I just say it was really exposure at a young age so yeah. at five years old I was like okay I'm gonna be a lawyer now now hold on so because now my dad thinking the whole time yeah she finna be this criminal lawyer yeah. I know all the judges yeah, yeah. I know all the criminal mm -hmm. and it was when I got older, I realized I wanted to do international business law. Because that just sounded like somewhere I was going to make a lot of money and travel yep. a lot, right? Yep. And that just, I didn't even know what that was. And then it wasn't until I went to undergrad where I took, uh, I, my major was paralegal studies because yep. I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I took IP law for paralegals. Yep. And that's where I was exposed to trademarks. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I was thinking like, International like, business law, entertainment law, yeah. but when I found it, that was it. And then I, when I went on to law school, all of my um, elective classes was IP, trademark law, got straight A's, A pluses, and I was just like, this is what I'm doing. Now, I graduate from law school, and my daddy like, okay, I got all these criminal cases yeah. for you, such and such a jail right now, go up there. I'm like, no, daddy, we not doing that. I'm doing business law, trademark law. My daddy tried to get me to be a criminal law crushed. lawyer for the first five years of me practicing law, and I only been practicing 10. Like, wow. he finally got it after, I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. That's dope. It's cool with it now? <laughs> Yes, he okay, loves it now. Okay, he loves it now. He he brags on his daughter all the time, and he like. Go. But if you ever want to do some pro bono cases, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, do you have to be a certain age to get a trademark? No. Okay, you so don't. so a kid can get a trademark. A kid can get a trademark. So then that's when we have to look at the state laws and see what um what is the minorship um the the ownership for minors. What does it speak to? What does it say? Most parents usually get the trademark for their kids okay. until they turn eighteen, Got and it. then they'll sign it to them then. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Now and we're not going into like dating space and stuff like that but it is a question around that right okay because okay, you're a successful lady okay um okay. what tips would you give to ladies that are successful that start dating mm -hmm. and then men that want to date a successful lady mm -hmm. without sometimes i mean sometimes somebody's on i mean I, i'm not a lot, a lot of guys aren't you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but maybe be intimidated so yeah. one for the lady is like yo this is how you need to handle yourself dating, yeah. right? And then the other one for like guys, like, yo, if you're trying to come after like a boss, like this is how you got to, you know what I'm saying? What would you say? So I'm going to start with the guys first. Okay. Don't be intimidated by her success. Okay. Allow her to just be who she is first mm -hmm. and get to know who she is. And for the women, just be who you are. Yeah. Like, don't wear your success on your arm or always bragging about yourself because that's a turnoff, right? Yes, yeah. Like, just just be who you are and show that person, like, there really is no intimidation here because I am this cool, dope person yeah. regardless of everything else I got going on. That's just the add-on to me. So yeah. I would just say, for the guys, don't be intimidated, mm -hmm. but also so too like you gotta come correct too yeah. right like yeah. for women like they want a certain type of situation because yeah. they already have worked so hard mm -hmm. for the placement that they are now yeah. so just don't be intimidated but at the same time for a woman like don't bring all your success to like at the dinner table on a first date that's yeah. all you talking about yeah. is your success and and be interested to learning about what he do what he want yeah. like what is his goals and aspirations yeah. and for my guys I'm gonna just let y'all know you know what I'm saying especially the guys make some money don't just leave with money you know what I'm saying Cause, right like, because you know, when I would tell you this, when a person has some money, that's the probably the least thing they care about. Now, I say, you know, we're gonna have a conversation about your dollars, right? But it's not the number one thing. You know, I'm just throwing us. This ain't a dating show, but right. anytime I have my ladies on, I always like to ask the questions because yeah. you know it's a unique perspective. Yeah. Um, any things about trademarks that people don't know? You feel like they should know? I feel like people think trademarks are something that should happen after the fact. 
when it's really something that should happen in the very beginning yep. before any and everything else. And that's like the biggest myth. A lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to get my LLC, I'm going to get my EIN mm -hmm. number, I'm going to get my bank account. But like the trademark is like the after effect. And people think because they have an LLC, mm -hmm. well, let me just stop and say this. The LLC may not be even the best entity type for you. You may need a corporation. It just mm -hmm. depends. The law is not a one-size-fit-all garment. And just because everybody is talking about LLCs on Instagram, that might not even be the best entity type for you. Quick example, say, for instance, you have a real estate business and you are fixing and flipping versus buying and holding mm -hmm. and being a landlord. One of those business structures may be better for you versus the other one. It just depends, right, yeah. on your situation. But I would just say, don't fall victim to thinking that you have to start the trademark process once you're successful. You actually want to have it in place first so that you have it and not need it versus not having it and needing it. Got it. Okay. Tricky question now, right, mm -hmm. about trademarks. All right, I got a business. We got partners. Mm -hmm. We own a trademark. Mm -hmm. We get in a problem. We yes. get in a situation. Yes. Now the business, like, what yes. now happens with this <laughs> trademark? That's such a great question because I have a few partners that we worked with and they came to us to file a trademark and then the partnership was broken up before the trademark was even finished, right? And the thing is, when I tell people, regardless of who you're going in business with, first and foremost, you have to have a written agreement with them, yeah. right? So first, have that conversation with your partner about, okay, what are we to do if we break up? Or what are we to do if, in fact, Somebody dies, right? Say my business partner dies and she's married. Do that mean I have to now forcefully do business with her husband? No, you get a life insurance policy and you pay them out and be done with them. So, potentially, yeah. yes, potentially, right? But that's conversations that need to happen yeah. up front. Yeah. And a lot of business partners don't like to have those conversations, but then they spent a whole bunch of money in court fighting over it and let the judge decide. When you could actually make those decisions up front with each other and then put it in your partnership agreement or your operating agreement to say what happens if you guys decide to part ways. That way, ain't no arguing about it, ain't no fighting about it. The the written um, agreement governs that situation. Got it. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I just learned some stuff. Okay. So, okay. Um, I always have a segment on the show. Mm -hmm. We call it Breakdown of Breakthroughs. Okay. Right, and I believe every entrepreneur at some point in their journey has had a breakdown where there's mm -hmm. some type of challenge financially, health, or mm -hmm. anything like that. But I believe for you to get to the next level, um, there's a lesson you have to learn for yeah. you to be able to break through. Right. So, have you had any breakdowns if that you want to share? Mm -hmm. And in sharing that breakdown, what lesson did you learn that allows you to break through? Um, one of my breakdowns was um, I was very. My weakness is delegation, okay? okay. Yep. I don't like to delegate. Mm -hmm. I am so detail-oriented. I'm a Virgo. Okay. So I like detail, and I want it, everything my way, and I want it yep. perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And it comes to a point where you realize, like, you can't do it all. Yeah. You can't do it all. You can't do it all. And the crazy part is I'm hoarding tasks, and I have a team, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yep. like, And so my breakthrough came when I said, okay, when I write my to-do list, before I say how I'm going to do it, I'm going to say who on this team can do it for me. Because what ends up happening when I'm hoarding tasks is that I didn't wrote this on my to-do list on Monday, and it's Friday. I still ain't got it done. But had I assigned it to a team member, it would have been done by Monday afternoon, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, and we talked about being a black woman and black woman in business, black women, we have trust issues, yep. right? And that stems from even, like, um, our personal issues and our personal lives and things like that. But what I love about what I have viewed from me in business, mm -hmm. they're able to um, separate the emotion from the business, yeah. right? And they're able to just go in and do the business. Yeah. And so we have to master that as women because sometimes we have emotional attachments to things. Yeah. And once I was able to separate my emotions and remove it out of business, I began to see a breakthrough, right? The firm is number 37 out of over 28,000 law firms in this country, not because of me trying to do all the work, but because I utilized and leaned on my team to help me do that. And, you know, I know you talk about leadership 
leadership development yep. a lot. And I knew that was something that I had to work on internally to become yep. a better leader, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, how am I leading if I can't even trust people Correct. with the task? But I know where all these trust issues are stemming from my mm -hmm. personal life, but is that really good for me in business? Nice. I like that. So I'm going to share with y'all uh, one of my things to delegation. Okay. So it's four Ds, right? The okay. first one is delete. So whenever I get a task, the first thing is like, is this even important? Okay. Like there's some stuff that comes like, oh, I don't even need to do that. You can just get rid of this, right? Okay. So it's, it's delete. Okay. Then the next one is defer. It's like, okay, this is important, but I don't have to do it right now. Okay. So like, okay, we put this on the list, but we'll move that to like next week or the next quarter. Okay. So you got delete, defer, uh, defer and then the next thing is delegate. Hmm. So these are things that are important that have to be done, but they don't have to be done by me. Yeah. Like so that. then it's, you know, I delegate this stuff off. And then the final one is do. So it's like after I've deleted it, I've said, okay, this stuff is important, but maybe it's not urgent right now that I get yeah. it done. I've delegated the things that can be delegated. Mm -hmm. Then I now focus on the things that I, that Justin has to do, that Rosina has to do. So, yeah. you know, you guys apply to your business, start looking at it like, okay, because there's some things that like I like to do. Yeah. Because I like control, yeah. but I don't have to do. Exactly. Like, I like to book my hotel. <laughs> I don't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to book my flight because I like to make sure yes. I got the right seat, y'all booked the right time, but I don't necessarily always have to do it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you end up spending more because you like to do it and you hoarded that test and you waited to the last minute and yeah. now? So here's the thing that's tricky, right? Anytime you delegate something, you have to be okay at the beginning for it to cost you more. No, but what I'm saying is, I don't delegate it because mm -hmm. I still book my own flights and hotel. I got an executive assistant. Yeah. But because I don't do it right when I'm supposed to do it, mm -hmm. I always end up doing it the last, last minute, minute and, and I'm paying more for yeah. it when I could have just gave it yeah. to a well, team member. But here's what I'm about to say. That's true. But here's what I'm also saying. When mm -hmm. you give it to them, you have to be okay with sometimes they yeah. book the wrong flight. Yeah. I've had that happen. You get uh, to the airport, be like, yo, that's not, uh, you, your flight's for tomorrow. Oh, wow. Oh, shoot. No. Or the hotel be for the wrong day. Oh, wow. Check in in the wrong night. See, now Sometimes I ain't even I'm finna delegate that. Yeah. Never. But, but no, you have to. But that's what I'm about to say. <laughs> it may cost you more, yeah. but then it's easy when you get on the go. Be like, yo, uh, change the plans. I'm going here. Change this. Change that. Yeah. And you don't have to now be on the phone with Delta. Yeah. You know, like, okay, call back in 15 minutes. Yeah. And now you try to do all that while you... So it's, there's pros and cons of delegation. Yeah. And that's the part of delegation that sometimes us as leaders don't want to have because like one we're like I can do it better myself and right. I can make sure it's right. right but at some point I have to delegate it so there was I don't know if I shared the story with you or not mm -hmm. I can't remember what president it was I had to get we have to find out who it was we'll put it in the show notes okay but he was flying on a jet private and whoever fueled the plane up mm -hmm. they uh, put regular gas in there instead of diesel so the plane went up came down crashed everybody was cool wow who put the gas in there they were nervous they were like yo I'm about to get fired. You know what I'm saying? Literally almost took this dude's life. Came off the plane. It was like, yo, who, who was the person responsible for this? And the uh, person obviously was Tim. And it was like, yo, it was me. And it was it like, was give him. No, no, it wasn't me. Oh, I'm saying was, it was the person. Like they said okay. it was them. Okay. And then uh, they ended up giving him a promotion. Oh, wow. He said the reason he gave him a promotion is because he made that mistake and how he knew how serious it was. He, he knew he would never do it again. again. Yeah. And so I'm not saying everybody has to apply that to their business, but what it is is like no, sometimes you president. can't. <laughs> but here's the thing: you can't always punish people for mistakes yeah, because some true. some mistakes are like, okay, that one was big enough. Yeah, we we can't have that one happen ever again. And right. sometimes the only way to make sure that that doesn't happen again is somebody that is on top of it and is serious to them because they've already failed at it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Just, you know, That's a good observation. Just, just a little observation. Yeah. So we try to give you all some history as well yeah. when you come to the show. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I really, I really learned a lot on uh, on this episode. Uh, I know you said uh, trademarks like fifteen hundred. They started fifteen hundred with your uh, with your firm. I'm just gonna ask them because we you know we're the run a play show. You know, if somebody just <laughs> happened to call and they say, "Hey, I saw you on the run a play show. You got anything special for them?" We gonna we gonna we gonna get them a discount. Just okay. Hey, y'all heard it. Y'all said you heard and it. And they said run the place. So just make sure y'all say it, and the team gonna know to let Justin know. Everybody just calling talking about run the play. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And we we got y'all. We probably take two hundred dollars off or something look, like that. See, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. So call them and say, look, I heard you on the run the play podcast or the run the play show if you're on YouTube, and she's yeah. gonna look out for you. 
And then you also have a new program that you're rolling out as well. Yeah. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? So it's our trademark toolkit. It's actually a digital toolkit for entrepreneurs so that they can just have a resource guide. But also in there, it includes that work for hire agreement that we talked about under copyrights where, so like if you're hiring someone to do your copyrights for you or a videographer to create your videos or a photographer to mm -hmm. take your pictures, they own the copyrights because mm -hmm. they are the creative, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But as a business owner, you want to own copyrights to some of those works especially right. your logo yeah, right sure. now pictures or videos that's up for grabs you might yeah. think maybe you get a royalty free license or or not it just depends but you want anybody coming in your business working for you whether it's an independent contractor yeah. employee to be on a work for hire agreement yeah. when Disney have people come in and create animations they're on that and then we also have um, a cease and desist letter template yeah. so where you could slide up on people before actually hiring a lawyer we charge about twelve to fifteen hundred dollars to draft a cease and desist letter. And so this is a letter that you could use to just say, hey, I see you using my brand. This is my brand. I am the owner. Cease and desist immediately before we get our lawyers involved. That's really good. So, yeah, so that's the letter template. And then we also have... Um, just resource guides on how to watch your trademark, how to monitor your trademark, um, how to actually keep your trademark active. Because yes, I did tell you a trademark lasts as long as you use it, you will not lose it. But you do have to file maintenance documents between your fifth and sixth year anniversary of your registration plus your ninth and tenth year anniversary and then every 10 years thereafter or the trademark will cancel out. Got it. So you so, have to use it and follow maintenance. But if somebody gets filed with you, you call them and let them know, hey. Yeah, when it's due. Hey, yeah. this is due. Mm -hmm. That's the value See, that's of having the value. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just, <laughs> just, I'm just thinking through this. Okay. Well, listen, I really appreciate this. One, I learned a lot on this episode. Hopefully okay. you all did too. And this is a really important part of the business, I think. Um, I know you're at a lot of events and stuff like that too, but can you let everybody know where to find you? Yes, absolutely. So I love Instagram. Please follow me at the Biz Lawyer. That's T H E B I Z Lawyer. But also, you can go to our firm's website at www.rjpiercelawgroup.com. Okay, perfect. And then we're going to put a link in here yeah. in the show notes somewhere for her program as well for the do it yourself kit. So y'all be having not do it yourself oh. kit. It's not a do it yourself oh. trademark kit, but it's a trademark toolkit, a resource. For you to have. There you go. Yes. Yeah, she said, y'all ain't doing it yourself, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's a resource kit, but we'll, we'll drop it here because I know some of y'all going to be looking for it. We'll make that here as well. Mm -hmm. um, anytime people on the show, we make sure they leave with something. So, you know, we I got you know, you know new ACEO stuff. Um, so, we want to get that. And then, I, ironically, one of the things you were talking about, um, well, I'll let you open it. One of the topics that you were just talking about in terms of your... Um, Breakthrough to break, breakdown to breakthrough. Uh huh. Well, you open it up, you'll see. Okay, let me see. Should we the speed of trust? The speed of trust. <laughs> so, oh it's, my uh, God. it's a book. It's really good too because oh you know God. one of the foundations of building a good business is trust. Yeah. And so, I want to give you that book as a gift I as well. Appreciate that. You get a chance so to go through that. It'll help you, your wow. team. How know. how I was just talking about trust and that's why I looked at the camera like. But it's how to do it, how to mm -hmm. do it the right way. And really, your business can only grow at the speed of trust. Yes. And so, yeah. Just it, to make and sure that's that. really hard. It is. Trust is a hard thing. Yeah, it it is. really is. Especially yeah. when you've been through some things. Yeah. But I it's learned. necessary. In order to have that breakthrough, got to have some trust. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right, girl. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming in. Hopefully, y'all got some value as well. You know, we bring the top people into the, the locker room to give you the tips that you need to be able to grow your business, grow your brand, you know, and elevate your life. So, Rosina just gave you the play today on trademarks. You know where to find her. You got the information here. Now, go, go run the play. Run the we'll play. see you on the next episode. What's going on? Listen, make sure you guys go to runtheplaystore.com. Get your official Run the Play gear. We talk about shirts, socks, jackets for everybody that's run the play all across the world. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah. play. Let's Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day you just want it all. Do you know what it's like?